Welcome everyone to our new segment being added to our Life Love Everything show. This segment is entitled, This Changed My Life Forever. I will be interviewing guests on how they became who they are and how they're using skills from their childhood to do what they're doing today. My guest today on This Changed My Life Forever is Danielle Washington. She is a parenting and early childhood expert. She's a mindset coach and a motivational speaker located in Chicago, Illinois. She created Unpackful Parenting, where she works with parents and helping them with all things that involves raising children, children that may have issues with shame, guilt, and so forth. She works with caregivers to ensure that they are getting what they need in order to be able to meet the needs of the children that they that are in their care. She provides coaching, workshops, and trainings for parents. And today, Danielle will be sharing how her childhood, how her childhood experiences led her into wanting to be someone to help other parents be successful with raising their children. So welcome, Danielle, to Life, Love, and Everything Else, our guest segment of This Changed My Life Forever. I am so happy uh, to have you as a guest. As a matter of fact, I consider you a premier guest because you are our first guest on this this new segment of Life, Love, and Everything Else. So, but before we talk about what you currently do. I mentioned some things in in the intro about who you were and uh, your company and all of that. Before we get started with your current profession, would you share a little bit with the audience about who you were as a child and growing up, things that you encountered that gave you skills for what you're doing now? Yeah, so growing up, um, I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago, so in a predominantly white neighborhood. Um, I am of very dark complexion, so there were things that happened and certain instances that obviously my color color of my skin played um, a part. I grew up in a one-parent household. My mother um, and father never married. Um, I did have a stepdad in my life for quite some time, um, but the over, it, it's kind of, um, it's a checkered past. It's not, I mean, when I talk about it, I've come to the part, I've healed from it or I'm healing from it. It's a, it's a ongoing process, but I, uh, my mother and stepfather struggled with substance abuse. So it was a very rocky home life that I had at home living in the suburbia, um, area and an affluent area. It was a lot of me having to, Um, keep my personal and home life separate from my school life. Um, So it was very, I guess you could say, it's like a dual kind of universe I lived in. I had my like life at school and my friends, like I'm the happy, upbeat, um, positive uh, Danielle. And then there was the home life that was a little bit more unsteady. And um, it was kind of see no no evil, hear no evil, speak no evil. Kind of what happens when you have to 
out of like survival mode have to protect yourself from not oversharing. Um, and a lot of my friends, if you ask a lot of my really close friends, I didn't really come clean about my home life until well into my adulthood. Um, they And they had no idea. They were completely shocked, completely surprised. And it really shaped me. I mean, the resiliency, the, the and I guess you could say is a blessing and, and a curse with the, the ability to compartmentalize. I am pretty good at separating two worlds or different things because that's what I had to do um, growing up. And it could be a great thing. And it's definitely something that I had to learn there's a time and a place for it and that it's okay to feel what you need to feel and be who you need, who you are instead of who you need to be. So it definitely has shaped me in a million different ways. My mother is, is now in recovery. She's been clean for over 10 years now. Um, we have a great relationship, but it isn't for lack of trying, right? It's a lot of us having really candid, open conversations, a lot of growth and healing and accountability on everyone's part. And um, we're in a much better space now, but definitely has molded the person that I am and how I relate to my children. That's a very powerful, almost testimony. So many people can relate to that, having to deal with certain things in their childhood that were difficult as a child to deal with, almost having to take on adult responsibilities because you had to have the mindset to know how to separate and to um, put on a happy face like you mentioned maybe some out of shame as a child you knew you didn't want people knowing certain things about your home life and yet the weight of that on a child to have to so it, it, it makes you grow up fast mm -hmm. makes you grow up real fast for instance like in my childhood too in my episode of telling my story, but my childhood consisted of uh, me having to take on adult responsibility at a very early age. So that contributed to who I am now. But with you, what part of your childhood made you feel like you wanted to do what you're doing now? Did it create a compassion for the children or for the parents? I think it's it's both, right? Because I think it that phrase of it takes a village is, I mean, it doesn't ring any truer when it comes to parenting and taking care of children, right? So it's definitely, it's molded me to be the parent that I am, but it also gives me compassion um, for those who did the best that they could with what they could and what they knew, right? And a lot of me healing and growing from my childhood had to do with forgiveness and um, compassion. Um, because in order for me to grow, I couldn't keep holding on to the anger or the hurt or the sadness. Or actually, I can't feel those things, right? Because feelings are involuntary and they're, and they're there for a reason. But all of that kind of spearheaded and gave gave this, this, this fire and this passion in me to want to help others and want to be that space for others, that safe space, but also creating that that space and that culture that I longed for in, in childhood. So having all of the things that I did have um, and all the tumultuous trials and tribulations that I did have, it, it, it made me stronger and it made me realize that the, these are the, the, the cycles that need to be broken, right? And these are the things that 
I did not want for my children. I did not want for future generations outside of myself. And in order for that to happen, we need to be active in the change. And that means being part of the conversation, sparking the conversation, facilitating the conversations. Um, and that's kind of what I've woven into my business. Okay. And were you an only child or? No, I am a middle child, actually. Middle child on my mom's side, and then I have a younger sister that's on my dad's side. So I've, they're all half-siblings. Um, but I grew up majority as the middle child, and I learned about my sister, or met my sister on my father's side um, in teenage years. And we, it, it was and it was rocky when we first met each other because, I mean, two teenage girls that didn't grow up together, we bumped heads a lot. Um, we're very similar, yet very different. And we didn't really get close until recently, actually. So, um, yeah, I'm one of four. Oh, okay. The reason I asked, I was wondering, um, you being the middle child, your older siblings, did the situation impact them the way it impacted you as well? It's so interesting because we have these talks now. Um, my older sister definitely assumed the role of caretaker, like the the pseudo parent, um, for lack of a better word. But she was like my mom. Um, she was one that really signed a lot of my um, provision slips when my mom was kind of in and out of recovery or rehab. Um, she was the one that kind of kept me in, in line, uh, helped me through different things. But she also escaped towards the end once she graduated. I mean, I say escape, that's a strong word. But when she graduated and moved out, then it was kind of, I kind of assumed that role. And my younger brother actually didn't live with us. He lived with his, his dad, was my stepdad that was in our life for quite some time. But um, he lived with his grandmother uh, most of the time because my mother and my stepdad, his father, were both kind of fell into drugs at the same time. Um, so they were both kind of through the thick of it together. And so my, I didn't really grow up too close to neither one of my younger siblings now that I think about it. And that's quite interesting to think about. Um, but I really did feel a lot of like loneliness and it was kind of like, oh, I'm just in this by myself because like I said, my sister ended up moving out at some point and my mom was still kind of in the thick of her addiction. Um, and then my younger brother kind of had a safety net sort in a sense, um, being with his grandparents um, in a different home. So yeah, there was definitely some some intricacies in my, our roles. Um, when my sister was there, I definitely had less of the responsibility or the weight on my shoulders. But um, yeah, when she left, it did really fall on me. And it was, it was a really tough period, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I can imagine. Do you mind sharing what age you were when your sister left? Um, we're only 18 months apart, so um, she left, she moved out around, I want to say 14, 15 is when she moved to her friend's house, but she was at a different school uh, district um, due to us moving around and just the uncertainty and instability. Um, so she ended up living with her for those last like year and a half before she graduated. She graduated early, like 17, so then she got her own space when she went to college in Loyola in the city. So I was 13, 14, around that age. Wow. The reason I ask because your story is just really touching me. And so at 13, 14, you know, as a teenager, you took on some powerful adult 
an adult mindset sounds like a little trooper and you had to have a lot of courage because that that's just on the outside looking in that is a very you know courageous thing to have to go through and it just reminds us all of what some young people may be going through and not having the traditional home you know quote-unquote home that the American life that people may think some mm-hmm. children are growing up in situations and if it were not for God where would they be because mm-hmm. you know and this is a faith this is a faith platform and nothing but the grace of God because some people may feel like well where is God where was God to even allow all this but we know God is there when things happen beyond your control. You had nothing to do with that. You know, as children, children are not responsible for what their parents do. Mm-hmm. But coming through something and knowing how to survive. What I hear already is that you had to create survival skills at a very early age. When um, I know some adults now, they're... 30s and 40s that don't have those survival skills. Mm-hmm. So your story is very impactful to me. Um, and thank you for being so open. I appreciate that. Thank you. Okay. I mean, yeah, I definitely come a long way. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're amazing. So going forward, how did you get into what you're doing now? Um, so I've always had an affinity for helping others. I think a little bit it is ingrained in just the experiences that I had. I was taking care of others. It kind of just became a part of my identity. Um, and it's kind of just what propelled me through everything I did in life. Uh, I went to school for psychology and my thought was going to be like a marriage and family therapist. Um, and then I ended up working at the Early Childhood Center, which is a fancy word for daycare um, on campus. And I ended up connecting with parents and children and really loving being hands-on and being a support for them. And that turned into a nanny career after graduating, after babysitting for a couple of the families that I really connected with. And then of course, like most that started a business or in the last three years can say that the pandemic um, really pushed me to think, okay, what's next? I love nannying. It's definitely a passion. will always have a special place in my heart. Um, but I was like, well, this isn't what I want to do forever, but I still want to be that support and resource for parents um, that I have been for so long. And I was sitting, I remember this vividly, sitting in the back office at our house in Portage Park with my husband. And he was just like, why don't you just put this into a business? Why don't you do what you do into a, a business of your own? And I was like, it's not that simple. I waved him off. But then we sat there, he talked it through with me. I, I literally was writing it on my phone at the time in like a notes app and grew from there. It just, I put everything that I did, the support, the the, the um, resource, the the um, extra components of a family's um, potential business. So now I help parents and families and really all caregivers um, help them reach their full potential in taking care of their children or taking care of their Yes, I believe that it is important that 
we start with ourselves. Um, and I think that has come from me healing myself and me being really introspective and um, open and vulnerable about my experiences and how that impacts me as a person, which impacts the way that I parent and the way that I interact with people in general. So I definitely believe in, that's why I formed Unpackable Parenting, which is the platform and the mission of my business is to unpack all that goes into and all that manifests in our our, our being and in our parenting style and our parenting and our our place in the world. Um, the things that we grew up with, things that we wish we grew up with, the things that we see now, all that span all across things, the things that society tells us. It's really meant to really hone in on our strengths and um, and our shortcomings and how we can use those things to be the best versions of ourselves and be able to bring out the best version of the children that we have in our lives. What services do you offer mm -hmm. um, to help the parents to be better caregivers or yeah, so there's a couple different um, components, and that's why it's called Sweet Peace Solution, because there's pieces for everyone. Um, unpackable parenting is really for the parents and primary caregivers. It's pushed to help them through coaching and workshops on things like um, behavior management and recognizing and coping with our own triggers and our own health, um, childhoods and, inner, and healing our inner child. Um, and then there's the other piece, which is the group coaching, um, which is coming out this year that I help with bringing community because we said, like I said, it takes a village and a lot of parents, especially after the pandemic, feel really disconnected and lonesome. Um, and we as human beings crave connection, we crave community. And then the last piece is the trainings that I do for childcare professionals. So that's helping daycare teachers and nannies and um, anyone really that works with children and families and just bringing the care that not only takes care of ourselves, but the children that we serve and the families that we serve. And how do you um, get your participants? Do you do marketing or just tell people about your website or how does that work? It's a little bit of everything. Um, being in the childcare field, I've got some connections that are like referrals that I get from others. Um, there's just me reaching out to organizations and providing services or workshops or components that they don't have in the organization, but is a better is another level of support they'd like to have or that they could have for those that they serve. Um, and then it is a little bit of marketing as well, but I believe in organic and community. So it's really just me connecting with those who have similar um, missions and goals, but maybe not the same, what I have, what I provide specifically. So those workshops, those trainings and things like that, just giving that extra level of support so that we're taking care of everyone as a whole. Okay. So if you had to pick out one thing or sum up your childhood, your mission in life, a thing that changed changed your life forever what would that be it was getting pregnant with my son at 23 and it's for a host of reasons the biggest is well it's kind of signifying in a lot of different ways of like true growth for me and kind of rebirthing this this fire in myself um I was 23 when I had my son he was not planned uh, my husband and I had just started dating uh well not just started dating we were about we were in going into our second year of dating um 
And I just remember my mom was kind of in the the, the thick of her addiction at the time um, or, or coming out of it, but a lot of failed attempts. And I remember meeting her after her that stint that she had, that last stint in jail actually due to, I think it was disorderly maybe something or a violation of her parole because there was a lot of different instances that happened because of her substance abuse. And I remember meeting her and I had his the ultrasound picture in my pocket and I was going to tell her that I'm pregnant and that something needed to change and that she would not be able to be in my life or my child's life if she could not get her herself together and that was me finally taking a stance and taking a boundary that I didn't have uh, or setting a boundary that I didn't have the power not the power but the the strength to do growing up um, and saying that I I have to choose me and my mental health and now I, I am responsible for this baby growing inside of me um and it just so happened that in that moment uh she also was like I'm ready to make a change I'm committed and she's been clean ever since oh wow how long has that been um so she's been drug free since I was in college so that's going on 10 years and then she's been alcohol and drug free since my son was born he'll be seven in June oh wow that's a tremendous testimony and bravo for your bravo for your mom and for you because um like you reiterated about it takes a village and sometimes even though we may have family issues we still want that village to be part of the people that we're connected to sometimes we have to start over some people aren't fortunate like that and they have to depend on people that you know they're not related to but it at the end of the day I think it does feel good when you are related to the mm-hmm. people you know to 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 pass on especially to your children to have a sense of family you know mm-hmm. building is a part of that village but uh, that is a remarkable story uh, and that is, um, you know, all I can say is bravo for you. You are a tremendous, strong young woman. And Thank you. It, it, is a, it is a pleasure for me to have taken on this interview because it rekindled my faith in the current generation. I'm just going to be honest. Because <laughs> don't come across a whole lot of people your age that seem to be mature and have it together. And I'm going to be very, um, you know, transparent in sharing that a lot of, um, a lot of the older generation, you know, we're, we're looking at the younger generation and wondering, you know, what is going on. So it is a breath of fresh air to talk to you, to hear your story, to hear how you've come through. I pray that um, others who are in the current generation can hear your story and to know that no matter what you face in life, no matter what is going on, you can come through that if you make a choice. You made a choice. You Mm -hmm. didn't wait for somebody to drag you into it, try to hit you over the head. You made a conscious choice that... Things needed to change, and if 
they were going to change, you were willing to do whatever it took for that change to happen, even if it meant separating from your mom because you then had to put your child at the head of the line, ahead of her, ahead of you, because that was an innocent being. I can't say enough that I'm proud of you. <laughs> um, being a bit, uh, being a bit older, so just take it, you know, like a older sister or or an aunt <laughs> or something like that. So Danielle, this has been an amazing story, and I thank you so much for being our guest and even our premier guest. This segment of this changed my life forever. So why don't you share your contact information with our audience? So you can find me at Unpackable Parenting. So that's U-N-P-A-C-K-E-D-F-U-L Parenting, all one word, on all social media, or you can email me at admin at partnerforparents.com, or you can find me uh, at www.partnerforparents.com. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for your story. Thank you for sharing. And I know that sometimes we don't think that what we have to share, how will other people relate to that? But I know that this story, your story, has impacted a lot of people because it certainly has impacted me. Well, thank you for being a guest on our show. Yes, thank you for having me. All right, Danielle, take care. You as well. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode of This Changed My Life Forever. And as I stated in the opening, look forward to more interesting stories of this nature, people sharing how their childhood contributed to skills that led them into what they're doing now to help others. You will find Danielle's information listed in the description. Please check her out. And for anyone that may be dealing with some of the issues that she mentioned, or if you know someone, please share her information. Please share this episode. Let's all show Danielle's support by sharing her information. All right. As always, that's it for now. And I look forward to speaking with you again.